the Born to Be Mild podcast. Yo, what is going on, my BTB Emmers? How is the best, best looking, smartest podcast audience around? How you guys doing? You know, the last time I talked with you guys, it was around Christmas, and I thought to myself, barring any unforeseen circumstances, that there wouldn't be any gotta do shows for a bit. I was dead wrong, and here we are. So, like, what the fuck did I just see? And I am not referring to that absolutely historic beatdown of the Steelers that we just watched the Browns administer last night. Uh, No, I'm not referring to any of that. I'm referring to what I'm calling the Myrtle Beach Mafia that descended on the seat of this country and incited a, what I can only assume to be, crank-fueled attempt to gum up the works of government and the duly appointed officials there to do the business of government. They looted, rioted, selfied, ransacked, killed, maimed, and disgraced, all within a few horrendous hours. Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence were heard being sought out personally by cell phone video that has since been leaked. And although Capitol Police did a historically poor job on that day, more on that later, they did manage to get congressional leadership to safety, you know, quite swiftly. So the Marauders ended up having to settle for trinkets instead of scalps. Uh, I think you all seen the one particular dickweed who was seen stealing the speaker's podium and of course posting all about it on the social meds. Uh, I heard one of their primary targets was the sealed boxes that held the electoral votes, but only because there was conspiracy circulating that they were actually filled with half-off coupons to Chili's Bar and Grill. Luckily, those boxes were whisked to safety right with the village elders. In the days since, thankfully, Podium Man has been arrested, as have dozens of others. But why not hundreds or thousands Anyone who stepped foot in that building during that melee should officially be seen as a credible and validated enemy of the state. These protests are the perfect example of Obama's cling to their guns and religion statement. I mean, if you can't see these people as the embodiment of what you would call then uh, a few years later the deplorables, then I don't know what is. A lot of people have said already that like Wednesday was the ultimate if Obama did that moment because we have a real life parallel essentially with the Black Lives Matter marches earlier in the year. And they don't mean that if Obama did that, they just mean that, well, what if black people had their own little march on Washington and on the Capitol? We saw how it went because it just happened a few months ago and it was nowhere near the same. I mean, these were just tourists, right? They were pushy ones, though, and they simply kept crossing those velvet ropes, one after another. And yeah, some of the tourists had wholesale amounts of zip ties, but those could have been for anything. I I think I even heard the one guy who was seen in the Capitol Chamber with the zip ties all, you know, on his waist, apparently looking to take hostages when he was caught on cell phone video in a hotel later bragging about the whole act. Um, it kind of solidified that it was him, but then when he was caught, he said he just picked him up and he wanted to give him to the authorities as soon as he could find some people. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe if you didn't chase them all away, they'd be a lot easier to find. Even though, you know, there's reporters from the New Yorker that are saying this could either be an inside job 
or essentially these people's whiteness let them be extremely underappreciated as a threat i'd like to believe that it's probably a little bit of both um so like you're either in one of three groups i think when it comes down to all this if you are a trump supporter like either you thought that this was all just like a game and you can act like an asshole with no consequences or you knew damn well that it wasn't a game and this is exactly what you wanted to have happen i mean in which case you can go fuck yourself we all know that but then there's this third group i think that can probably go fuck themselves too who didn't think anything at all they had no thoughts at all about what the consequences could be of supporting such a man it never crossed their mind how uninformed or out of touch with reality can you possibly be we can probably look at what happened at the Capitol as a poor man's version of the promise to Paul Manafort. Like, essentially, the president was saying, writ large, do my bidding, and you will be pardoned fully, you will be exonerated for your actions, and if they were successful in whatever the hell they thought they were going to do, and somehow Trump was managed to maintain his presidency and stay in office... Don't you think that they had it in their little heads that he would be issuing pardons to each and every one of them as well? I mean, we have seen this guy have a penchant for pardoning war criminals even after they have been found guilty by military tribunals by their own fellow servicemen. And he says, you know what? It was the heat of the battle. Those kids had it coming to them or whatever, that wedding, you, sh you blew them up on purpose, it's okay. Whatever the hell happens. But the point is, there have been many examples of where it doesn't matter. Like, doing wrong in the president's name is everything that's right. And so if Trump managed to stay in power, these folks were going to have one-way ticket to paradise and probably get the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Sit right up there with old Rush Limbaugh during the segregation time. Uh, let's say during the 60s and prior to civil rights, you had a constituency that was terrorizing the black electorate on a national scale that was nowhere near as large as the crazy that you have unleashed on the, on the nation nowadays. So getting people to stop burning crosses in lawns after 65 or whatever is going to be a lot easier than it is to stop the contagion from spreading online after Trumpism has seen its zenith and now is hopefully just pittering out. Because hopefully what's going to happen is we're now going to start holding people to account because we're not going to let them continue to lie on the floor of Congress and lie to the American people and just say that they think that they're doing the right thing, but they know better. So being an adult means that, you know, the 25th Amendment probably isn't going to get invoked and that it's too late to try and impeach him a second time, although they are thinking about doing it. And I hear that if they do, they will actually bring the articles the day he leaves office or the day afterwards. So it'll be ceremonial, but they don't have to worry about going to a vote. I don't know. It seems fine to me if he's the only person who ever gets marked with that in the history of this country. It'll be very fitting. Um, but we'll see about that. Um, but I guess, you know, what I'm saying is that if I was a little less informed or if I was a little younger or if I was still grieving and, and breathing a little more fire like I was in my, my younger's days, I would say that it was a sin that he wasn't being removed from office immediately and 
I think as of today, you have two Republican senators, Pat Toomey of uh, Pennsylvania, now joining, I think, Murkowski or whatever, in saying that he needs to be removed. But I, I understand that these mechanisms take way too much time, and he doesn't have that much time left in office. So I think it's great that they will ceremonially try to remove him from office, but I understand that he's going to sit there. And it is a dangerous thing to have a wild man with the hands on his controls for almost two months after losing an election. And maybe we need to look at that, but that's what we have right now. And I can only hope that we won't have somebody so unstable occupying the office in the future where we need to worry about that transition, that transition time as being a time where we are at our utmost vulnerability which it actually is, as you see the cyber attacks playing out. Um, but, all right, so there should be no credit for Pence and McConnell and Graham finally, you know, breaking with Trump because it was the absolute end of the line. It was the ride was coming to a full and complete stop by the time they said, all right, I think I'd like to go now. So, obviously, Cruz and Hawley are the worst. They were going forward with contesting the electoral count after the insurrection, which is inexcusable. But then you have the whole wing of apologists and gaslighters that are always going to be there. And, and you're going to have that in the media as well. Because the Fox is basically sitting here saying, there was a guy on there, what did he say? He said that the people there were, they were there to support the President of the United States and defend a republic and stand up and say, I just want a fair shake. But when you say a fair shake and you actually mean, I need you to treat my complete lies and made up bullshit stories as legitimate and waste time because I need my hand held. No, that's not the case. It's not what needs to happen. Antifa wasn't there. Antifa didn't break things. There were no masks being worn. It was a Trump crowd. You could tell who everyone was. And everyone was a known Trump supporter. So I'm sorry. Those are bullshit stories too. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because there are so many people with warped minds living in these red states. They're not going to be able to... We're, we're not going to have a bunch of uh, acts of courage, profiles in courage, where these elected officials stand up to their crazy-ass constituents because they're just going to get primaried right out of office. So I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that Trumpism doesn't really have a leg to stand on once it gets to Washington, so they are going to have to change their approach, if nothing else. The threat remains. The threat remains, but at least we're able to start calling the crazy out right now, and that is really the most important first step that we've been benefited by what's happened. Uh, Parler no longer being hosted by Amazon, I guess, as of this weekend. So not only is it not available in the App Store and on, you know, the Google Play, but now it's not even being hosted by Amazon. So super cool. But you have to keep looking back to the, they took it away from us, That's that they keep using, that Trump keeps using, that is the direct parallel to the stab in the back Weimar Republic Hitler type shit that you heard in pre-World War II Germany. Keep your eye on that because when you have a grievance and a lie that people continue to believe and the farther away it gets from the lie, it just gets ingrained as the lie. You have to keep the facts about you and have them ready at all time to administer to any nut job that you may meet in conversation. So I wish you all the best. And for the rest of this episode, we're going to have a nice little conversation with West Coast Nick about all this stuff and more. 
So I wish you guys a very happy new year. And here's a conversation with West, with West Coast Nick. Go Browns. And gracing us with his presence once again, we got Mr. West Coast Nick. West Coast Nick, how are you doing? Uh, hanging in there, Ron. How are you? <laughs> I am doing pretty well. Um, right now, uh, for the audience at home, we are recording this in between a couple of brown or a couple of football games, and the Browns yeah. have yet to play. Yep, uh, I was watching a little bit of the Ravens and uh, the Texans. Wow, Lamar Jackson Titans, is the, he's Titans, fun to Titans. watch against somebody else, though, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I thought that there was a lot of uh, good stuff happening for the Titans uh, at the beginning, but then it seemed like Lamar Jackson was going to. It kind of didn't matter, game. and he, it's yeah. like a basketball team, like where one person can have that much of effect, you know, an effect on the field. It's crazy. You don't see that too often. No, and I, and I love talking to people who don't necessarily know a lot about football in the NFL about Lamar Jackson because I'm always saying he's kind of like the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> he's the whole offense. I mean, he's he the leading rusher. I mean, it's just bizarre because like you're trying to explain that to somebody, and it's kind of even as a person that's you know, kind of actively follows football, uh, it's still hard to kind of understand. But that type of player was coming. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was eventually going to happen. And then there's, like, this different varietal of that same person in Josh Allen. Absolutely. He's just a bigger version of it, and it's pretty yeah. wild. I mean, he's not nowhere near as fast, but he's still pretty quick, and he's a beast, and he's got a yeah. cannon. This has been well, great, and hopefully well, yeah. we have something to watch today. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, the Browns definitely... Uh, dealing with a lot of stuff. Um, Adversity just, could bring them stronger. Yeah, bring them I, I together actually, even more. I hadn't been following it, but I didn't realize that the coach was out. You today. didn't know Stefanski was out. Yeah, so I just heard the about Browns are without their freaking coach today, and a couple of other coaches, and a couple of their players. But they did get a bunch of their players back. But so did the Steelers, and the Steelers were just sitting them because they didn't need them. Right. Uh, it's it should be interesting, but you know I'm never gonna say no to the Browns until they're done, and I'm never gonna say that the Steelers are gonna beat them because that just sounds terrible. No. Um, but I was just <laughs> thinking, like, uh, to me, it looked like Mason Crosby might actually be a better quarterback option for them than Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, if you know anything about his stats this year, Ben Roethlisberger has been throwing a thousand and one passes for like two yards a piece. Uh, yeah. It's like the worst completion percentage in the league, and he's just trying to throw his way to a victory, you know, every every week. But Crosby, man, he was slinging that stuff, you know, when we played him. He looked actually kind of good. Well, the one thing that I, I just keep going back to with the Browns, I don't know if their lack of playoff experience is going to hurt them. I think that they're definitely riding on some kind of wave because the team is definitely getting better every week. Yeah. Um, Roethlisberger, uh, who's the coach of the Steelers? I can. Uh, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. They've been here before. They know. Oh, what's going they have on. a wealth of experience, a yeah, dearth so of experience, that's, decades. That's, but that's going to be the, tough. You know, the wave of emotions don't want to hear nothing about uh, experience. Yeah. They're, they're like, hey, we're here now. This is our year. Nobody's going to tell us no. And when you put, you know, the blinders on, and you're not thinking about being the Browns. I just heard the other day it was Juju Smith-Schuster or something who got interviewed and they were like, well, this is the first time they've made the playoffs in 20 years. What do you think of the Browns this year? And he just said, 
Uh, they're still the Browns. They still the Browns. And <laughs> people and always say that. That is just <laughs> so disrespectful, especially when it's coming from your rival that you've been beating up on for a very long time right now, and who just beat you and evened it up yeah. for the series for the season. You got a rubber match you're going into. Uh, that's bulletin board material. Some people don't believe in that shit, but I think that it's it's nice to have, especially if you win in retrospect. You say, all right, maybe you shouldn't have said that. Well, I mean, obviously, it's in the cards for the Browns to win because it's it's a pandemic. So, of course, the the, the year the Browns go to the Super Bowl, no one will be there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. It'll be like a Madden or a Tecmo Bowl, Super Bowl, just Watch empty stand. Home. That's right. Good times. <laughs> I just I knew it was going to be weird. I just didn't know it was going to be this weird. <laughs> I think that with uh, hologram technologies nowadays, we could probably put together a pretty good simulation if we just decided to do it. Yeah, Go over there the to First Energy sta- uh, Stadium. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it really, if they can do one Tupac, they could do 22 players at a time. Yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. You could beam the actual game right there. No matter where the Super Bowl, you know, was being played, and um, we could pack the joint. I, I don't deny us that. That's what I would say. I, I don't think that uh, we. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because the Titans and um, the Ravens playing today. They said it was the biggest attendance that they've had so far this season. Um, was that in Tennessee? Yes. Jeez, oh man. Yeah, I think they said it was going to be like 21,000 people. And I'm just thinking to myself, geez, oh man. It's like, okay, you know, like each state has their own rules or whatever they want to do. But you Oh, know, they're I over mean, it. Yeah, you yeah. can see the Tennessee is over it. They are done. Well, Tennessee's, I mean, like, uh, that's what I was going to say, you know, like in terms of like, what's it like here in L.A.? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've been following the news. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, pretty bad there. Like, what is it, like yeah. 200 deaths some days or something? I think it was up over 300 yesterday. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's skyrocketing. And, you know, I, I kind of go back and forth about, like, how afraid I am or how I feel about it. And you can see that, like, things haven't really changed all that much on, like, a day-to-day basis. But... It's just that new variant, I think, is, you know, just spreading way more quickly. And I think people have, like, uh, atrophied in terms of, like, social distancing. You know. Their but, diligence you know, has met its end. Yeah, but, like, the businesses, like, they, I mean, the, the supermarkets and, and things like this, uh, you know, like, they have been just full tilt, you know, like, uh, you know, just wear the mask. And they're very serious about it when you go in there. Um, it is. No, I mean, it's a new normal for everybody, and yeah. you can tell that certain things have ingrained themselves, and everyone was throwing tantrums for a while, and that's kind of subsided, and we've just all resigned ourselves to at least a couple things that everyone's on board with as a society while we're yeah. while we're riding this thing out. That's the key. I mean, that's been the, the whole problem from the very beginning, is that the the inability for the federal government to come up with a plan and... and, and uh, kind of mandates or rules on how this should be handled, you've left it into the hands of governors. And then if you have a governor, say like Ron DeSantis, he's like, I don't really want to do anything about it. I mean, like Gavin Newsom maybe has overstepped his bounds 
to, for some things, but look, we're dealing sure. with people's Gretchen lives Whitmer, here. Gretchen Whitmer, same thing. Right, and we didn't know what we were doing at first, and hopefully any of the uh, mandates that we have in place right now look nothing like the ones that we had in April and March because we know so much more now, and uh, the type of restrictions put on our citizens should reflect the truest of the science. That's why you see a lot Absolutely. of schools open, because yeah. it makes sense, because the kids aren't transmitting it as much. Um, but it's still the small gatherings that are the worst spreaders. Everybody knows that. And what that comes down to is fatigue. It has nothing to do with institutions reopening. Like, flag football shut down, so you're not having groups of kids or parents get together, whatever kind of excuse you wanted to make. It is the parents having play dates and going over with one another or just parents going out with one another or no parents just single people spreading yeah. it amongst themselves asymptomatic spread that's what it's up you know so um when you have the infection rate going high it is that old platitude that we've hear we've heard for months now it's like do you want the schools to be open or do you want the bars to be open because you can't have them both right that's absolutely true i mean my my biggest thing is Look, I get it at the beginning, like this is a very, very frightening thing, and I think people didn't know very much, but the the failure of the federal government has been, look, they have, they can print money, okay? They have scientists that they can, you know, the Defense Production Act, I mean, like, you can... You can do things where you say, hey, you know, like, let's do studies. You can move mountains if you want to is what you're getting at. Yeah, and figure out what is safe and what's not. I mean, like, Fauci and, and, and CDC and all those, those groups could have been doing all kinds of testing and pay these people to, like, figure out exactly how to handle this. But instead, you know, you just sit on your hands, you complain. And, and look, the thing that I'm so offended by is, hey... How long have we known that the vaccine was coming? The whole time? Like, since right. the very beginning? Right. So, we've known the vaccine was coming. So, like, why the fuck are we planning the vaccine rollout when it's here? Like, So Trump poorly. Yeah. We could have been ahead of the game. Sure. We could have had... We could have military sites. We've or heard about a lot of of stories lately. I think this is what you're insinuating or getting at is where the rollout hasn't been as quick and as timely as we've wanted, and it hasn't even met the amount of doses that has become available. So yeah, it's, it's, they it's said, true. like the obviously the administration said they were going to have 20 million doses by the end of the year, and that was last year. And they, <laughs> I think, they were able to accomplish five. And yeah. I'm hearing about all these uh, places in the country where there's not enough people who are smart enough or trained to administer the vaccine, uh, so they're only able to do it uh, so quickly. And administering this vaccine isn't quite like all the other vaccines previous no. because it's a different multi-step process and people have a lot of questions and you have to go through the COVID questionnaire before you can get it. Um, so it's just taking a lot longer. And then you talk about how it's a two-step process, a right. uh, two-step vaccine for a lot of the really effective ones. It's crazy. Um, so there needs to be what you're going to see, hopefully, now that we have a new administration coming in, is them putting the full might of the federal government behind getting this thing administered. Yeah. Um, and hopefully. I don't I don't put it I, I, I would expect them to do so. Yeah, I mean, there's just no other way to do it. The resources at the the state level just are becoming just depleted. And and when I hear things like, 
you know, especially like I, I rail on Florida a lot, but it, it's it's really offensive to me how they just pass it off to the counties. Like county health officials have no business dictating who gets the vaccine. That should not be happening. <laughs> no, because then you have um, basically a hundred heads that'll roll. Exactly. Caution, and you yeah, have people who be... are a really small time in terms of the overall picture that can get leaned on any different ways. Yeah, I mean, like, could you have a situation now? See, when, when you create these situations, you got a place where people could destroy the virus or vaccine. You got people that could say, hey, I've got a truckload of Pfizer vaccine. What do you want me to do with it? You know, like you create an environment where that's possible. Then you get, you know, like just, you know, a, a really it's decentralized. It's yeah. decentralized. And then you lack accountability. So once again, Something where there is a full federal effort that has a head to the snake and everyone, yeah. I don't know, does it, is there waste in those efforts? Yes. Can you be more nimble if you're a county that happens to have their shit together and has a lot of money <laughs> and has the fortitude to do so? Would you yeah. beat, would you beat the national average in administering your share of the vaccine? Sure. Yes. Sure. But we're talking about the average. We're talking about floating all boats and making sure that everyone has the same basic level of opportunity and access and that's yeah. why uh you have a united states and not 50 different tiny ass countries like like it's it, it comes down to that it's like yes federalism but also yes united republic let's not forget this part of it absolutely i really believe that if Look, I get the restrictions of, uh, you know, like what the way, you know, Republicans and conservatives talk about, you know, uh, bigger government. The sovereignty, you know, yeah. of individual states for whatever reason, you know, it's it's kind of like you're trying to keep that flavor alive, that local flavor. And it, you don't want that's it. important. You don't want it washed out by some generic version of what the dc is calling america i we understand that and it's plain as day when you travel this country that there is no one size fits all remedy for this place but there are certain standards that have to be upheld and i yeah. think in a vaccine during a pandemic totally in the qualifying <laughs> region of those I, I yeah that's what there's just some things you know some things that, that, yes yeah that probably should uh you know we homicide law yeah. Uh, federal, <laughs> like maybe statutes for those types of things. I don't know, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. So, um, we'll see what happens. But I'm, I, I, I mean, I, I have faith that uh, Biden uh, is taking responsibility. I mean, like he ran on it. I think that this is going to be. He sounds his, old uh, as shit. Oh yeah. my god! Like when he was calling Trump out on Wednesday, which is where we're going to pivot right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because that, <laughs> my god. Is that the nuts and bolts of what we're here to talk about today? I wasn't even going to yeah. put out a podcast in the, until this fuckery happened. And I yeah. was like, I have got to just blow off some steam. But, like, um, listening to Biden uh, come on TV, it was so wooden. And <laughs> it was, yeah. he, sound, he sounds older every second. But I really did love at the end when he just had to come back out and yell at, a, at just one reporter before he then got carted away. Yeah, it was good. It was a mini little encore. I I feel like a, he has to be somewhat offended by what is going on. I you can't ignore it. He's got to be that, throwing up oatmeal in his mouth when he sees that going on in the Capitol in a place that he's revered for over two thirds of his life or whatever. Yeah, this is Biden. This is he's like 
he he he's a like, he's Mr. Institution. He's Mr. Both Sides of the Aisle. Like he's he's trying to like unite and he's trying to figure out ways to like create an environment where Republicans and Democrats can work together to get things done. And when you see stuff like this, it's it, it shits all over his his legacy. I mean, like the work that he's done in the Senate over the last, you know, 47 years or whatever it is, like several decades it's it's just it's got to be so offensive to him personally i mean on a personal level i heard this one anecdote about where he had come back to uh congress for some reason or another and went back to the old congressional dining room and he there was this one special little dining room that was just for senators and he wanted to go check it out because that's where he used to hang out with you know republican senators and kind of get some shit done and he found out that that wasn't even there anymore because nobody was using it. Like the, oh my people God. from both sides of the aisle don't sit and eat together anymore, Mister no. Vice President. What the hell did you think you were gonna find here? <laughs> like, <laughs> so he was really like sad about that. I heard, you know, like, and and he thinks that um, Washington still can operate in this manner for some reason. It's because he's a dinosaur, but yeah. <laughs> doesn't know how to think in progressive and unfortunately pugilistic terms where we're at right now. Um, but I think that that will at least give uh, cover and immunity to some of the types of real things that might be going on, the machinations on the Democratic agenda. So yeah, he, will, it, he will talk about, you know, we need unity, but he will also steamroll a moderately progressive platform, especially now that we've got those two Georgia gov- or senators. Yeah. Well, it becomes a situation where I feel like the... It, it's moving the line for Republicans and Democrats because it seems that the Republicans become, you know, I, I still, you know, think of the Republicans as, as not conservatives. They're like a, a neoliberalism because it just doesn't seem like they're, but like the Republicans to, are the radical right now. I, yeah. I heard someone say it the other day, and that is really the only moniker that befits them because if they're if if. A third of them are going to be actively crazy, and another third of them are going to be complacent right next to the crazy and not say a damn thing about it. And then the other ones are going to say something about it but not do anything when it comes time to have a vote and they make it all party line. Well, then they're all part of the radical right now because that's the underlying theme and the overwhelming or, you know, the overarching. direction they're heading in terms of policy in terms of tone and uh, as you can see now in terms of action yeah it just seems like the democratic party always has to move more to the center in in, in my experience yeah and and it just seems like the democratic party looks like it's uh, yeah it's conservatives now it's not seems it is because like i've been saying forever if you take the a platform or a lot of the planks of the platform of the reagan agenda from the 80s and you put it up to a modern republican they would say that you were some kind of bernie bro exactly and and not a republican that's how much the center has shifted to the right because you have the fraction of or the fractioning of the left going up against the homogeny of that uh you know that christian white ethos on the right so as they're able to consolidate their message they're able to then you know basically say everyone else is against them well it's in for the democrats it's always been about getting votes and if you can't get votes 
the Democrats don't win because they don't cheat nearly as much. So it becomes a situation where if we're going to see, I always thought that what would happen is, is we'd have more centered, like, because largely Republicans have always been more centrist and more moderate. I mean, it's part of the conservatism. But what happens here is that they have become more radicalized and, and, and Democrats have, have to move more to the center just so they can get elected. Because the, the, these, the radicalized right will never vote for anything, even if it's, that's, the, that's always been the linchpin of the Republican Party, getting your voters to vote against their own interests. That's always been a huge part of it. And, and, it's, and it's voter turnout. Yeah, uh, for sure, because they've always turned out so well. And that's what made what happened in Georgia just absolutely mind blowing. It was so seminal because there was so much that changed hands in those two, like two individual stories that were both equally compelling. Yeah, it was freaking awesome. Like Kelly Leffler or whatever, who owns the WNBA team that doesn't want to be owned by her, was getting called out by LeBron James like, hey, I... Does anyone else want to go in with me and buy this team? These girls seem like they want saved from this evil witch. And <laughs> she ends up losing. Is that a quote? <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> and then on the other side of it, you had... Uh, Ossoff. Ossoff. So oh, you had yeah. a, you had yeah. Warnock and you had Ossoff. So you had a black guy and a Jew being brought to the Senate in Georgia yeah. in the and year I, 2021. I uh, both relatively young guys. I mean, I think Ossoff's really young, isn't he? He is. He's really young. Yeah. So I love seeing that. I mean, look, there, there's always been. I, I I I truly believe that you know, like younger people are are seeing a lot of this stuff and and the things, the actions of uh, you know, like the boomers and and Gen Z, or is it Gen X or whatever? Like the the just the generation right before ours. Uh, and it just seems like to me they're getting a view of government and and socioeconomic kind of structures folding into itself and turning into like this hyper tech, uh, you know, just landscape. It's, it's, an, that, arms, that, that, it's an arms race wrapped yeah. inside of the cloak of purity, you know, that you have with... Um, a lot of the type of just, I don't know, I guess you would call it like legacy bullshit that's associated with politicking and how you need to look and what a campaign needs to look like. This pomp and pageantry that yeah. really just has this machination underneath it. Like, I mean, like you were saying, you have um, an electorate that is getting ruled by a minority right now because of the gerrymandering. So yeah. you have to be able to start making it happen from the inside, um, everyone with a conscience, you know, fleed the ship that was the Republican Party, but that did not happen on the Democratic side. So they're hopefully going to restore some order. They're going to flex their might in something that might right the ship and start making policy in America reflect the people and not just, you know, the insurgent minority that happens to be able to be in power by tricks. Um, <laughs> another type of another type of G that's a young up-and-comer is the Connor Lamb. You ever hear of this guy? That sounds familiar. He is the junior congressman 
uh, youngster from uh, like the Pennsylvania Pittsburgh area so right here over just over the border in Ohio in, in PA he is super smart uh, very considerate very well spoken and uh, really impressive every time he shows up yeah I'm looking him up right now I, I just think that what will what we're going to see here is just more engagement on a level that we've never seen before because we have to at this point it's but i think we're seeing that because wednesday provided the opportunity like wednesday literally has hopefully put the nail in the legitimacy of trumpism on the national stage um in terms of being effective at governing like, yeah. sure, it can have an influence in because you see that they have to bow down to their constituents. There are so many people. There were a hundred oh, yeah. and however many, 115, 160 spineless ass congressmen in the House of Representatives that still voted to challenge the electoral nice votes. <laughs> yeah, just scum sucking dickweeds is, I, I think, how I put it in my intro, but I'll go back and look at that. Um, I don't want to use it twice. <laughs> yeah. But so, like, even the guy right here down the road in Salem, Bill Johnson, just a little a spindly asshole. Yeah, oh, of course. And Jim Jordan, the oh, uh, capital prick of them all. So they all voted to still, still challenge the counting of the electoral votes after the insurrection happened. When they all came back from, like, you know, possibly getting zip-tied and taken away somewhere. Oh, wait, they were on the right side of the aisle, or they weren't Mike mm. Pence, so they felt a little <laughs> safe. You know what I'm I mean? You, well, see, that's that's the bet that they have to make, is that, 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 that they're safe. They have to be because... on the right side of history, because as long as you... Uh, the bulwark loves to call all the Trump crazies the flying monkeys because <laughs> as as trump is the wicked witch of the west he has all of his little shitbag minions that will descend yeah, upon you at the click of a heel or whatever so that is what you have and that's what you're up against even though you know better and even mitch mcconnell has to fight against it because you know he said listen all you morons have to get in line and not make the worst vote of your life and possibly one of the worst in Washington history just because your crazy constituents want you to, it's going to be the death of the party. So he actually had to buck the president, finally, in that regard. And then he still wasn't able to get everybody on board. You had people like Josh Hawley wanting to make a name for himself and and be at the front of the line for the crazy, as well as Ted Cruz, who has no soul to speak of and (laughs) neither a beard to speak of either. What a piece of shit merkin he's got laying on his face. He looks like a just uh, fat, diabolical... It looks like. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Madame Tussaud beard. That's what it looks like. Uh, well, no, the one thing that just always irks me with the Ted Cruz characters is when he says, like, uh, you know, Democrats are talking about sedition, they need to just calm down. It's like, when are, when are people supposed to start to get pissed off? Like, when are they supposed to start to, like, say, hey, there's consequences for your actions? Until there's no consequences, this will continue. These types will jump, the flying monkeys will jump and do whatever they need to do because... Because they see that there are results to be had. They see that they can make progress in their cause. Uh, And because they see that the people in Washington respond to what they have to say. If they make demands, you know, you have people 
in suits and ties asking him how high. It it just pains me so much that 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 when you see the, the weirdest thing is it's like you know it's all bullshit because when you know Kelly Loeffler, uh, you know. I, I don't know who how how people react to this type of stuff, but she was shook. She went in there and she said, "I'm not going to yeah. oppose it." Yeah. And it's interesting to me to say for her to go, you know what? It's not worth it. The ruse is over. It. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so and, there are people that have carried it on this far, and that is far too far. It has yeah. been far too far. So like, yeah. It what what I heard obviously was that. You know, it just took a dead cop for things to have gone too far. That's, I, I mean, I just don't know what the plan was. But to me, I really think that if, if, I mean, we can just jump right into it. But I mean, my first thought, I was texting with uh, <laughs> a couple people and I actually didn't know it was happening because I was working. Mm-hmm. And uh, CNN uh, sometimes like will just turn off because I'm getting it through the internet, and it'll like recalibrate itself or just something will happen. So I was just sitting there, kind of in silence, just working on the computer, and uh, <laughs> I get a G chat from Nate saying, "Do you got your popcorn?" <laughs> yeah, and like, I'm next like, thing "What's you know, going on?" Yeah, and that's why a lot of people are. Um, they're coming to the conclusion that it, or I think a lot of people are hoping that the conclusion is that they just underestimated this crowd and what they were capable of, and not that it was a very, very coordinated inside job with a lot of co-conspirators that allowed this crew to essentially ransack and overtake the Capitol Police and enter the Capitol. I think um, I think there was both. There was both. There, there has yeah. to be sympathizers. And like you were saying, I mean, there are you know, cops that are posing with selfies, just like disgusting. So it's basically the same thing where you have homeboy in Kenosha, Wisconsin, getting right. water from the cops. Yeah. And, I, I just, and then mow somebody down. But my, my immediate thought was, as soon as I heard that they were breaking into the Capitol, was they're going to try and kill Mike Pence. Because I, I just knew that that would be how this would go down because Trump knew that Pence was the only thing standing in his way because Pence wasn't was going to certify the vote and Trump knew that he wasn't part of like the, the Sure but then we can play team. but no he's not and he never has been but he's been the most sycophantic of them all and he's totally. probably besmirched whatever credibility he had as an evangelical man of god by you know, <laughs> you right? know, towing the line for so long and being just this unapologetic lapdog for Trump at every turn, and he wrote it out till the end. And at the very last second, he has the flying monkeys turn on Pence, and it's unbelievable. It's really yeah. just just so Shakespearean that this man, um, basically just gave everything. He sacrificed <laughs> it all, and then he yeah. got turned on in the last second. And, but but. If uh, Trump wanted Classic to play, Trump. if Trump wanted to play it the other way, uh, Mike Pence could have played the savior. And if Trump wanted to um, resign and then have Pence pardon him, that would have been a good play. If he didn't, it, but that would have essentially had him admit defeat or had him cower appropriately, like you would hope he would do. But that's just not in his 
that's not in his DNA, I guess. Well, the the one thing that I keep going back to with 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 Pence and and taking the capital, it's the just lack of understanding about what this country is all about. Trump believes in in men. Okay, that is the idea that fuels this. Is they're supportive of this this hierarchy, which is essentially look Jim Jordan and all the fucking people in the House and the uh, 11 senators that oppose this election, they want to be lords. They want to... Trump is king. They are lords. This is the government that they want. They want false elections that are meaningless so they can just run the country however they see fit. They want male chauvinist bully country to exist. And and I'm just... the, the, The lack of understanding about what this country... You kill Pence is meaningless. It's meaningless. It's guess what? You kill Pence. Nancy Pelosi counts the goddamn votes. Okay, there's a there's a hierarchy. There's this this system is built to to work, and it's not honoring men. It's honoring the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. We fought to stop people like Donald Trump and Jim Jordan and Ted Cruz. In 1776, you know what I'm saying? This is exactly what we're stopping. You had a mob, and all they had was a target, and they just had a mission, and hopefully they were gonna, they were gonna complete that, but they didn't. Thank goodness. I mean, for better or for worse. But yeah, so a mob needs an end, and so you give them an end, and they go do what they got to do to make it happen. Luckily, um, it was really foolhardy, and um, nobody. Save a couple people got seriously hurt. Yeah. Well, my dad was uh, texted me. He said, "I guess they're having a coup." And I texted him back. I go, "I think we're you, we're lucky because they're all idiots." Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if there was anybody smart in that, then I'd be really worried. But it was like just the sheer stupidity of it all. Uh, you know, uh, it, you know, a dumb coup is still a coup, though. That's it the, is. That it is. And yeah. you can't tell me that a lot of those people didn't bring their what you would consider their Sunday best. They left a lot of the guns at home. Only a yeah. certain amount of weirdos decided that this was actually going to be not just some sort of uh, tap dance and delay the vote kind of thing. This was actually going to be a serious undertaking. So yeah. I do believe a couple of those maybe not as malevolent people got swept up into it. Absolutely. That always happens. I mean, I think that when you have uh, a bunch of people that are, look, I mean, I, 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 sat no, everybody's like, hours. yeah, I hate it too. You hate it too. Yeah, I hate it too. Yeah. All right, let's fucking kill them. You're like, whoa, wait, no, what? Would you, <laughs> what? I thought we were here just for, uh, you know, snacks, man. Yeah, or talk about how the election was rigged. Yeah, wait, <laughs> uh, now we're killing somebody? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I didn't sign up for that. Yeah. No, but, but, but that's, that's kind of the thing that, Look, I I fully support everything that was going on at the Save America march or whatever they called it. I watched, uh, you know, <clears throat> there was, uh, you know, they, they there was the the speeches that le- uh, led up to the um, the Capitol riot, and you know, you had a stage filled with uh, Eric, Eric's wife, Don Jr., uh, Jill or. What's her name? The white Don Jr.'s girlfriend, Kristen uh, Gillibrands. Just yeah, her. Uh, no, that's the that's the senator. 
That's the it's uh, <laughs> Kristen Gillibrand. It's something like that. I can't remember her name. She used to be married to uh, Gavin Newsom. Anyway, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. Good. Yep. I don't care what her name is anyway. Um, she was there, um, and then uh, so you know it was uh, Rudy Giuliani, and and then uh, they had a weirdo constitutional lawyer um, that was just like kind of basically validating everything that Giuliani would say. And yeah. then Trump came on for like two hours. And it was just interesting because I I, I was curious to see like how the flow of this worked. And like, di- di- I just wanted to prove to myself that yes, Trump was inciting violence or did, you know, create an environment where these people, because look, I mean, as much as you want to believe that Trump has power, I mean, these are still people, you know, and they still have to decide things for themselves. And I think a lot of the, the kind of uh, stop the steal people, I don't know if that's necessarily the people that rioted. See, that's that's where I kind of start to draw lines in between, like, who's actually doing this? And it's got to be, like, the QAnon people, because they are the most activated. And, and, and you've got, like, the Proud Boys and the, uh, you know, uh, Patriot Prayer and uh, all these organizations that are, like, far-right organizations that do uh, travel in violence and, and, and do understand kind of, like, conspiracy theories that are dangerous uh if used improperly so you know the 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 people at the trump rally i don't know if they were there but as you were saying before i don't know i think see now i think that anytime you have a movement you're going to have an element within the movement and depending on the movement that'll depend on the size of the element right um something like a stop the steal movement is born out of complete falsehoods and lies and right totally. along with them is a history of grievance of violence of retribution of opportunism and what does that mean that means when they see the opportunity they're going to take it and that was a large that element was a large part of that movement and yeah. um that's that well, like it's it's just peak crazy and uh what do you expect is going to come of that when everybody that's gets what together? i always say man what do you what did you think was going to happen i i really believe that after watching the, the 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 speeches it's just interesting how they set it up and and you know like there's a lot of media that shows how these trump rallies operate but this one in particular was interesting because it had uh, all these speakers that come through, right? And then uh, you had Trump's family, obviously, um, and then a bunch of supporters. And then they're playing, like, uh, you know, Elton John and Village People and uh, Lee Greenwood, and it's just really boring and stupid. And uh, and then Rudy gets there. This is where it kind of, like, shook me a little bit as to, like, what exactly goes on at these things? And especially this one was interesting. And I, I don't know if this is like this every time when Rudy speaks. But as soon as he got there, he's walking up with like an entourage. And then they turn on this like 10 minute thing where it's just sound bites demonizing Democrats for 10 minutes straight. And then, and then Rudy comes on. So they get these people so riled up before Trump comes on and before Rudy comes on, that they're just, like, rabid for what they're about to hear. It's, yeah, they whip them up into a good man. frenzy. It's nice it's propaganda. It's, like, yeah. definitely right out of the uh, the Third Reich's playbook. That's that's it, it, It's been going on for quite a bit now, and Trump is the one who has started making that happen on the regular. Like, it's never yeah. been like that before, before him. 
it's sick and so just thinking well, about being uh i don't know hopefully that's the end of that kind of thing because i don't know if you're going to be able to be a, a a media member a press member and and safely cover his 2024 campaign you're really well, taking your life into your hands if you go to one of those events yeah it's it's interesting because you know the more <laughs> Newsmax and OAN get treated like legitimate news networks. I, I fear that that's the the ending is not anywhere in sight. So you know, as long as those types of things still continue to be pervasive, look. I mean, I'm not. Here, here's where we here's where we have case in point. If we persecute the people who did what they did on Wednesday on the sixth, then you will set the precedent that yeah. this will not be tolerated. So how much they go away and go under the underground and un- get swept back under the rug depends on how fearful they are of what could happen to them if they step out of line. And that doesn't mean just the going all the way to the end and homicide. That means like any type of incitement online, any type of like real legitimate threats. Uh, these, it, it has to be serious. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I don't think that we see an end without consequences so what needs to happen is we need to start saying that this type of look this is how it works okay this is a democracy if you want people like you know ted cruz or you know whomever to be your public official you vote them in you don't murder the the guy who's opposing him you know what i mean like that's not how this works so like if you want to whip people up into a frenzy to think that they need to go kill aoc and go kill nancy pelosi to get them out of office no we have a process called voting that does that like you don't need to like do this ultimate solution or you know final solution or however you want to put it i mean you do because what it is is a continuum of grievances where this is the final straw where we we tried to do it by legitimate means we tried to do it through the electoral process but they corrupted that too everyone they stole right. that our hallowed institution of free and fair elections has been stolen so if they believed every lie that came before it they're going to believe that one too and that's yeah. where we're at and it's really scary so well that's well that's yeah. what i was going to say with the rudy thing was interesting because his lead up to like uh what was coming on with trump uh, where trump was going to speak next it was just interesting because he said we took it to the supreme court they got nothing for us we took it to this you know uh the the courts and and and, you know lawyers and and court systems and supreme courts he's like nobody will hear that this atrocity of an election that was a complete fraud he's like you know, now we're just going to have a trial by combat. And that's yep. like, that I mean, was, I was, that was like, the phrase of the day. That was it because, yeah. you know, it was the biggest call to action. It was the biggest action verb that there was um, on record. I, like, like Trump can be heard in his tweets saying that you have to go over there and give these senators the courage, whatever that means in his like mafia <laughs> wink, lean on them type language. <laughs> I'm sure right. they interpreted it however they wanted, and we <laughs> we saw the results of that. But in terms of actual, you can put a pinpoint on something that is a big, big no-no, and um, hopefully we'll put a man in, in jail for a long time. It's that type of language when you're a public figure and someone who has a lot of sway on some really, really impressionable individuals, which we are coming to see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just... 
these types of I just I think that what we need and I don't you know like look I don't have a, a, a problem with people who are religious you know I, I think that I'm not as spiritual or religious as it but I don't have a problem with people worshipping uh, a, a spirit greater than themselves I do have a problem with people worshipping politicians these people are not they're not like anything special and the fact that like people have put so much behind this man I, I I'll never understand it and okay I, I, so we're all right so we're gonna have to leave it at this um, yeah. but what I will say about that is that when you start to give people's religion just as much credence as any other fact-based institution that is where you run into this problem because if you say that your religion is valid then you also have to say that whatever your religion does or imparts on you is just as valid i.e. you just gave this person the ability to say the lord told me (laughs) so The Lord, yeah, the Lord put Donald Trump on this earth to do his bidding. He is an imperfect vessel, Lord, yada, yada, however. And that brings all the credence and, you know, yeah, into this man, this terrible, terrible man. But no, he is okay by association because the invisible person in your head said so. And that's just not enough for rational people but it's enough for fellow believers to think so so anyone else who then has a religious outlook uh, will tend to you know lean make that and 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 they will they will give that person the benefit of the doubt if they agree with them on other points so religion is so so detrimental in terms of a having a factual discussion and having a, a a a governmental outlook that's based on factual evidence it cannot be based on beliefs it cannot be based on feelings and that's where they were headed uh, it was it, it had nothing to do with anything and and the same way those people in congress said that yes we know that everything has every challenge has been overturned but you have a majority of the constituents in my district have feelings of grievances and they feel as though they have been wronged and that's why we need to look at this so yeah. so there you go you have you have our elected officials bringing morons feelings into to the floor it, yeah to be the highest form of valid argument and contest to well, uh, I mean, to a presidential election so that has got to be yeah that's got to be probably the worst thing and that's that's where a slippery slope and the, it can go no farther than that well no Ted Cruz said it I mean like when he was giving his speech about like the election being uh, fraudulent um, he was saying that you know, 30, 17% of Democrats believe it was a rigged election. 27% of Republicans believe it was a rigged. So basically he was making this play that saying, if you don't want to legit, you know, rationally and legitimately look at the fraud that went on in this election, then you're saying that, you know, these people's opinion doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Correct. It doesn't because they are either uninformed or misinformed, and that's unfortunate. But we're not doing hand holding here. We're trying to have a society. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why you know that type of stuff is just never going to work. All right. Well, this has been fun. Thank you very much yeah. for joining me. And I hope we don't have to have another one of these shit shows like this again. But I'm sure we will have plenty more to talk about with the upcoming well, Biden administration. 
Well, Ron, I really appreciate you having me on again. And uh, I have to say this because I wanted to say it the whole time, but I didn't get a chance to, is uh, I guess they shit in the the Capitol and like we're smearing feces all over the wall or something. No. Did you hear this? No. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I'll send you a link, man. But I guess like they, t- yeah. Oh, God. Defecated. I need a drink. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, I swear. I, re- I It was one article, but I... Watching those douchebags just walk the halls in their shitty smoke-stained clothing just made my stomach turn. (laughs) Sorry, dude. (laughs) All right. Send me the poop link. I'll look for it. All right, cool. Talk to you later. Bye.